The material shared within this podcast is for educational purposes only and is based on the personal experiences and learnings of the presenter. Diana is a Peristeme Plus Transanal Irrigation System user, and Julie is a SpeedyCath Compact female user who have received compensation from Coloplast to provide this information. Each person's situation is unique, so your experience may not be the same. Talk to your healthcare provider about whether this product is right for you. Nothing within this podcast is intended to be used as medical advice or used to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You should rely on the healthcare professional who knows your individual history for personal medical advice and diagnosis. Please see complete product instructions for use, including all product indications, contraindications, precautions, warnings, and adverse events. Welcome to the Real Talk Bladder and Bowel Conversations with Coloplast Care podcast, where we believe having real, honest conversations about bladder and bowel management can improve wellness, reduce stigma, and foster community support. I'm Brianna, your host, and I'm a Coloplast team member dedicated to making life easier for people with intimate healthcare needs. Let's have a real talk. Nearly 1 million Americans live with multiple sclerosis, or MS, and for many, the disease may cause bladder or bowel issues. On today's episode, MS Warriors Julie Stamm and Diana de Avila join us to discuss how their diagnosis impacted bladder and bowel function, their journey exploring treatment options, and how they've adapted today. When Julie was diagnosed with MS in 2007, one of the most troubling symptoms was bladder dysfunction. After learning that she would have to use intermittent catheters, Julie's perspective shifted as her catheterization routine helped her continue the activities she enjoys. Now, Julie openly shares her experience with intermittent catheterization and believes it has enabled her to live a full life as a mom, author, and community advocate. For Diana, an artist and disabled veteran, finding a non-invasive option to treat neurogenic bowel was paramount. Diana will share how her current treatment regimen has helped her continue pursuing her passions as a digital fine artist, working in fractal geometry, augmented reality, and algorithmic art. She's also a juried member of the prestigious National Association of Women Artists and has three pieces in permanent collection at the Virginia War Memorial. Welcome to the Real Talk podcast. We're here with guests Diana and Julie. We're so excited to have you here with us. So to kick us off, um, I'd love to hear about you if you'd want to just tell us about yourselves. I am Julie Stam, and I was diagnosed with MS in 2007. Uh, It took a really, really long time to get diagnosed because um, bladder and bowel my initial symptoms. So it was kind of dismissed as something like irritable bowel or because of change in diet, because I was relocated and just all these different things where it was dismissed. Um, So... I am very grateful for Coloplast because once I was diagnosed, they were introduced to my life. So it was a game changer. Hi, my name is Diana Diavola. I'm in Sarasota, Florida. I'm a full-time artist and a disabled Army veteran. I was diagnosed with MS in 2001, and my presenting symptoms were optic neuritis and kind of a uh, carpal tunnel. But then bladder came in and UTI after UTI and then bowel right along with it. They just seemed to run in tandem. 
but I'm very appreciative of the Coloplast products. I use both of them for bladder and bowel, and that's been a blessing. So you both kind of touched on this a little bit, but after your diagnosis, what symptoms were the most troubling to you? I think, I mean, I still, 15 years in, think the bladder and bowel are the most troubling and definitely by far the most, have the most impact on my life. And I would have to say the same thing. And um, from an outsider's point of view, I think the most shaming symptoms for somebody newly diagnosed or somebody on the cusp is bladder and bowel. And I hope that this discussion can help open it up and, you know, bring reality, but humor <laughs> to the situation because it's tough road, but you can take it either way you choose. Yeah, there's definitely a wide variety of MS symptoms. And before working at Coloplast, I didn't know that this was such a common symptom to experience. Mm -hmm. So we'll start with you, Julie. When How did you feel when you first learned that you would have to start using intermittent catheters? I was absolutely devastated. I even made the nurse cry because I just thought my life was over, which is ridiculous now in hindsight. But when you're young and you know, I, like now I'm like, oh, I wish I could go back and hug that girl. You silly. It was, it's so easy. You know, like catheters are going to give you some kind of freedom. And that's why as uncomfortable as it is for me to be as vocal as I am about it, I know that each time I talk to someone with MS, they have the same symptoms. So all of us just being ashamed of something that we need to live a better life is it just can't be the reality. And I, I tell people this all the time, but when I met my husband, I, I met him at a bar and I just had to like spill it. I was like, uh, by the way, I have to use catheters. And he was like, isn't it kind of like needing glasses to see? And that was just his immediate response. And that's what it should be. It shouldn't be a discussion of like, ew, it's about pee or poop. You know, like it's just something that gives you a, like life. <laughs> and I think people, you know, can be more understanding too once they hear that and you're transparent. I think it's one of those things that, like you said, it's, it's just the way that you go to the bathroom. Did you try any other products initially? And what was your experience, Julie? So they gave me a whole bunch. And this was right when Speedy Cath was coming out with the compact. The ones that they had were, you know, about the size of my forearm. And the, the other ones had um, like a jelly solution. I can't remember, like a lubrication that would always cause an infection on me. So what I appreciate about the Speedy Cath is one, I can hide them in my back pocket. You can hide them in your cleavage. It doesn't matter like that. Anywhere you want, you can hide them. They can be anywhere and no one knows. But those bigger ones were what really was the image in my mind. And I, I think that's what people have to see. Like, it's really tiny. People think it's like a chapstick. But the ones that were with the lubricant, they caused more harm than good, I thought. But the solution that's on, it's not really, it's like, I don't even know what it's made out of, but like an alcohol-y solution, it doesn't have that same irritating burden. And can you share a little bit about how you learned about the Compact product? I was really lucky. Um, I was, and I, I had just been diagnosed. At, I had the spinal tap and then the nurse came in and was like, this is what you're going to have to start doing. And she was teaching me how to do it. And I, I wasn't really paying attention because I was like, this is going to change my life and I don't know what I'm going to have to do. But they sent me home with, boxes of samples and you just got to go home and try and like investigate what's going on. Um, and like when you have these gigantic boxes or even the comparable ones that are smaller, they're not comparable because they're not as small and they're not as easily usable in my opinion. To me, the most appealing thing was the size. Um, 
And then when you look at the actual product, that just increased its appeal. Yeah, that's an experience I've heard from multiple people, like just being handed a bag of samples and it's super overwhelming and you're just kind of doing trial and error until you figure out what yeah. you want must for you. Oh, I remember like hopping in the cab, leaving the hospital. And I'm like with this big box filled with different catheters. And I'm like, I don't even know where I'm putting it. You know, <laughs> like oh, I just, oh. I was like, I, I you know, it's, it was also new and I was so young and I just had a very different visual of what it meant. And I just hope that people realize it doesn't mean that. And then how about you, Diana? How did you feel when you learned that you had a neurogenic bowel? Wow. Relieved and not so relieved. And um, I had spent several times in the ER with overflow diarrhea and um, constipation, really bad constipation. And the last time was 16 days in uh, like April of 2018 or so. And I hadn't eaten for 11 of them. I was so backed up and I was vomiting feces. <laughs> I mean, it, it has to come out some way. So um, this is after a big bowel program as a spinal cord injured patient through the VA using all kinds of, you know, enemas and the magic bullet and big laxatives, strong laxatives and developing a program, but it was never good enough. So I thought, oh my God, I'm headed towards a ileostomy or colostomy. And I started to research things myself. And I discovered Peristine. And I'm like, look at this thing. I'm going to bring it up to the VA. And it had just been brought into the VA and was kind of in a trial mode. And amazing, amazing. So um, I ended up getting, I was brought back into the hospital for six days to train on Peristine and then to help train new nurses. So every time I go somewhere, I mean, Peristine is not widely known in my area, but I try to educate. It was a matter of, I mean, discovering that product was me through self-discovery, but now it's getting more widely known, um, a godsend. And it saved me from an unnecessary surgery. Yeah, that's awesome that you did a lot of self-research and then also like self-advocacy, bringing that to, yes. your, to your doctor and <laughs> yes. find, finding yes. an alternative to surgery. That's that's pretty awesome. So do the two of you have any tips or tricks for using Peristine Plus or the, the Speedy Cath Compact Female? Well, I've used both. So I used to, I, I used Peristine when I lived in the UK before it was here in the US. And it was surprising to me that I was telling all the gastros and neurologists, I'm like, you have to get this here. We need it. It's a good product. Um, and it is a game changer. It really does come down to like, I used it up until I got pregnant. And then I was just a little, my, even though my doctor was like, you can use it, it's fine during pregnancy. I didn't feel mm -hmm. comfortable during pregnancy. Um, and so I developed a different routine at, during pregnancy. And I feel like I don't want to change that right now, but it was a, it was a big part of my life, um, and I think it is a game changer. Tips and tricks, I would say, um, when you're first using catheters, you clench up, and it's just in your body. You're just putting a foreign object that you're not used to, so you just clench up. And someone had said to me when I first started, breathe out all of your air, just <sighs> everything, and it actually helps you unclench and make it a lot easier with the insertion. And I also would say, go slow and know that it's going to get easier. The beginning is definitely 
the hardest. And now it's like second nature. I agree with you on that one with catheters. I use the speedy cath as well. And I mean, if someone's, I remember starting out at a 10 French, that's like a pediatric size. That's and what I use. Kind of moving up. Yeah. Oh, okay. I still and use I, it. I'm like, I don't want to move up. <laughs> well, it took too long. I'm like, la, 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 la. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But the 14 is where I've settled after getting my, you know, the psychology. I've been cathing since 2001. And I remember being in, my first cath was done by an LPN who missed. And so she was so embarrassed, the poor thing. Yeah. But I had to go home and do my own thing. With, um, just with catheters, just one trick. I, I tend to, I use the Speedy Cath Plus. Um, and I use, a, I have several makeup bags. And I'll put wipes and gloves and whatever. You know, even a mirror when I was starting. It took me like a week to understand my anatomy and use a mirror. So I always recommend don't be, don't be afraid and go slow. <laughs> Peristeme Plus is just, it's a nice step up from the human factor standpoint, you know, where I don't have a lot of feelings, feeling in my fingertips. When I did the, the classic version, it would bite into my fingers because I just don't know how hard I'm squeezing sometimes. And this, it's even a matter of like softer edges, nicer colors, friendlier um, from a human factor standpoint. So when I use Peristeme, go slow and don't be intimidated. It takes time. And I also had to learn kind of on my own because the nurses and I were learning at the same time that you do not want to overinflate that balloon because one, I do one little half a puff. And if, if a new user, I think a new peristine user, user should actually open one up and see mm -hmm. what a puff looks like because it's, it could be a tangerine. I mean, that's the best way to think of it. Yeah. That's a lot. And I ended up, causing harm um fissures and different things that were problematic and it's kind of like in the army you have to keep your feet nice and dry so you um you know so you change your socks and you do everything to care for your feet you know so, so it's the same with your bottom <laughs> you got to keep everything in shape and just because i mean i can't imagine my life without paris and don't use cold water. <laughs> oh no, cramp. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> that was a, yeah, a, a I, no one told me that one, but I learned it. <laughs> I learned it. Yeah. Somebody said blood temperature. Okay. But yeah. it's like 104 degrees and I'll use my, you know, get a little bit. I like it even better than the new, I mean, the temperature gauge. I do my peristine routine over two phases usually. So I'll do a total of 800 to 900 um, milliliters of water. But the first pass, and bring an iPad or a book or something, um, the first pass is usually 300 milliliters just to get started. Sit. And I'll tend to use it. They were called squatty potties. I don't know if you've ever seen for your, so I'll use a little, it's a little shorter than a squatty potty, but it helps position. So it makes the process easier. Then I wait. And then when I'm clear, I go for the second pass. 
And um, I mean, that's usually good cleaning. And I actually parasteen every day. So, I mean, I have to use different things, different products to help keep everything nice and comfortable. Yeah, that's good advice, especially the looking at the balloon before you yeah. um, kind of knowing what what size it gets as you, you're pumping it. I think that's great advice. So how did finding the right product impact your well-being and your experience overall? Um, I, I think I still when I even though I had the right product, I still wasn't comfortable with having that life change. And I still I still struggle with it. 15 years later, I still hate the fact that I need to do it. I hate the fact that I have bowel and bladder issues. I hate that that's going to be my reality until they cured or come up with something better. But knowing that I could still have dignity with it um, is really the most important thing to me. And I think people are becoming more vocal about it and including us, you know, I, there's a reason yeah. because we know how hard it is. And if one person listens to this and they feel comfort, which I know every person that I know with MS and I know a lot of people with MS they all yeah. have bladder and bowel issues, every single one. And they're just, they talk to their doctors and either the doctor doesn't know about the product or they don't ask the right questions. Or, you know, like it's, I have told so many people, like these products are out there. You should, they're great. You know, instead of buying a fleet enema and putting chemicals in, you use room temperature water. It feels a little bit more natural to me. Yeah, I, I mean, I had such, my bowel is so like frozen. So it, uh, even using some of the, the laxative products was, it just, it was hard. And I still, with Paristine, I actually still use Biscotal and Miralax, mm -hmm. you know, just to keep everything moving. Oh my gosh. I have to tell you about, I don't know if you've heard about it, but Smooth Move. Have you heard about it? Smooth oh, the tea? Move. Oh my gosh. It is a game changer for me. I do it once a week and I'm like, okay, that's good. And that really, I'm like, at that to me, it's just because I can predict it. I hate not like a laxative. I feel like I can't predict it or like a mural. I freak out about all that stuff. Yeah, I don't I don't have that problem. And and I just I really don't feel too shamed either. I mean, it's kind of my reality. So I can either like butt up against it or just kind of embrace it, which is how I kind of approach it, which is just a different way. And you need both types <laughs> in the world. Yeah. And both people, the, you know, both types of people to talk to different people. And I too published a book and it's, um, it's called Soldier Sister Savant. And it's basically my art story and my MS story. Because oh, art came to me suddenly as a result of an MS relapse. But in the book, I bring up bladder bowel and I give props to my SCI care unit and I just, I mean, the whole theme is resilience, as which is one of your themes too, Julie. Um, resilience and just moving forward. So that's what I try to do. I mean, that's that's how I'm handling the bowel and the bladder instead of, I mean, for me, I could easily go into the ooh zone. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> or feel ashamed or or whatever, but I find myself... I've got too much art to make and stuff. To exactly. So we kind of touched on this a little bit, but if you had any advice for someone who's new to using either intermittent catheters or new to using Peristine Plus, what advice would you offer? I, I would say that it's not what you envision. It's not as scary. It, you know, I, would, I live in a, a little older community um, and they have bingo. 
And I, want, I wanted to take a picture and be like, which one of us uses catheters? Because you would assume it's just like an older thing. You know, I like, and it's not that big of a deal. And people just put so much weight on it. And there are so many things that people need to maintain a normal life, whether it be antidepressants or whatever it is. Glasses, there's a million things. Braces, there's so many things. Walking sticks. Um, this is just yeah. one of those things. And I think just normalizing it. Don't feel don't feel bad about something that's going to give you better quality of life. Normalize it exactly. Yeah, exactly. Normalize it and do research if that's. I mean, that's the way I operate in life. Obviously, other people are different, and they just want the doctor to tell them what to do. But in this circumstance, you know, there's still a lot of discovery that has to be done by hospitals. So sometimes you've got to be your own advocate. So. That's my advice is just research, talk to others, you know, listen to podcasts like these and reach out and just knowledge is power. That's what they always say. So it's just be your own best advocate because doctors are so busy nowadays. They're not going to have the time for you a lot of times. I hate to say it. So you have to come, come to the table with a little more information that you would expect than you would expect. And I agree with Julie, that it is not as bad as you imagine. This question is very similar in the same vein. So what advice would you give to someone who's new, newly diagnosed with MS? I, I steal her line. You have to be your own advocate. That's the biggest thing. And find the right fit. And they work for you. So if you don't like the doctor, move on. You're allowed to get a second, third, fourth, fifth opinion until you find someone that's going to give you the care that you deserve. And one thing that I recommend, whether it be an MS doctor or any doctor, like a neurologist or any doctor, make them stop and see you. So whenever they give you a treatment, I always say, I don't care what it is. Is this what you would do if I was your mother or your child? And it makes every single time it makes them pause. And most of the time they stick with their original plan. But I have had times that they've changed it. So make them pause and make them pick their head up from the computer and not fill out their, you know, post meeting notes while you're there, um, make them look at you and demand respect. It's very important. And that's hard to do, especially in the beginning when you're not used to dealing with doctors. And, you know, her and I are, you know, seasoned with this. We can go and we, we know what we want. We're aware of our bodies. But when you first start out, it's a little bit intimidating and just don't get pushed aside. Oh God, I couldn't agree more. Really. I couldn't agree more. Um, but also outside of the doctor's office, you know, there will be a lot of doctors working together. Hopefully your neurologist is working with your urologist is working with GI is working with the neuro ophthalmologist, you know, the whole team. And um, the thing is outside of doctors, you've got to live your life. I remember asking my neurologist, what am I supposed to do now being diagnosed in 2001 in the middle of a great career headed <laughs> and uh, headed on a great path and I'm retiring at 35 years old you know and he said keep living your life and at one point he told me move to Mexico Diana and discover why you know live six months there and discover why nothing is that important <laughs> you know you learn to live time differently um so just don't lose yourself to the disease. It's not a death sentence. And things may change, but it's, you know, everybody grows older. You know, bodies change, abilities change, but what are you going to do with them? Are you going to move with them? 
or are you going to just throw your hands up? I hope it's the first one. That's great advice. I think also that advice can be super encouraging to others who are on a similar journey or who might be experiencing MS and bladder and bowel issues. So thank mm. you both so much. We've appreciated you being on today's podcast and it's been such a pleasure chatting with you. I'm glad I got to meet you, Dia. <laughs> nice to meet you too. To try free samples of Speedy Cat Compact Female mentioned in this episode, Visit the website in this podcast description or call 866-226-6362. Samples are available with a valid prescription only. Limitations apply. If you have a neurogenic bowel, you may have questions about how to manage your condition and what treatment options are available to you. It can be difficult and we're here to help. Our Coloplast Care program can share clinician-validated education about managing a neurogenic bowel to help you become confident in your routine. If you have questions about Peristeme Plus and if it might be right for you, call 1-855-605-7594 or visit the website in today's podcast description.